Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like, then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. Welcome back to Sivo Sisters, where we demystify and diversify the field of anesthesia in the duration of an anesthesia break. We are jumping back into our interview with Dr. Cassandra Cassie uh, Armstead-Williams, who is a pediatric anesthesiologist practicing in Tennessee. If you're just catching us, go listen to part one and rejoin us. In this episode, we're going to uncover some of the biggest challenges she had as faculty, the lesson that she had to learn regarding organizational culture, finding that place where you feel like you fit in, the challenges of navigating medicine as a biracial physician, and the steps to take to handle conflict. Please enjoy. Leel Segura at Mayo Clinic, I would not have gotten through that fellowship without her. She was like, Cassie, I don't care whether you're doing anesthesia or you're selling lemonade. You have to figure out how to work with people. When I went into that fellowship, I was on a ego high. You know, I was like, I'm a resident from NYU and I'm now a Mayo fellow and people should be just like laying the roses down, (laughs) understanding how amazing I am. And people at Mayo were like, Nice. And then other, you got to show us why you're so special. I don't care whether you're doing medicine or finance or you're selling lemonade. You have to figure out how to work with people. Now, take us to some of those mind challenges that you mentioned that were more of a challenge for you to navigate than the physical. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a very passionate and demonstrative person. Like definitely. If if I know you, if I see you at ASA or spa or anywhere, unless I read signs that you don't want to hug, I'm gonna give you a hug (laughs) because it it is just so amazing to see certain people. And Um, I just want to put a pin in that and say that I was with Cassie for like majority of day one of the conference and I had to step away from her because my face was hurting from smiling so much. I was like, I need to get away from you. Like her energy is infectious and it is so positive. So yes, I totally co-sign on that. But the problem is is that I also get frustrated very easily when that energy is not reflected back. Listen, there are people that I am just not their cup of tea. And I take a step back and figure out how to bring them over to my side Mm. or respect where they are or just avoid certain people. Sometimes when I come off as strong as I do, it really puts people off. 
it looks like you have an example in mind. Like, is there a story? Well, that- I mean, so, okay. <laughs> My mom says there's, there's, uh, there's four different types to every troop. One place where this really became an issue over and over and over again was my first job at the University of Mississippi. Shout out to Doug Bacon, who was the chair at the University of Mississippi. Shout out to um, Nana Deepika Rao and Sarah Martin Robertson, because like, yeah, they really allowed me to figure out how to do that job at the University of Mississippi. There were a lot of politics. There were a lot of things Dr. Bacon wanted to accomplish. There were a lot of things that he put on my shoulders. There was a few things that were put on my shoulders by other people. This is like the five to 10,000 foot view here, but I was trying to do things that I had been told to do, but I ran into a lot of resistance doing it because people didn't like how I went about the details of making something happen. Okay. I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And instead of taking a step back and figuring out how to say and do things politically and charm people over to my side, I tried some brute force tactics. And If you try to do anything brute force in Jackson, Mississippi, when you have my complexion, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get very far. Yeah. And I mean, in academics, people have a very weird way of sharing with you what they don't like. Usually things are just radio silent. And then maybe somebody will pull you to the side and tell you something oddly passive aggressive. And you're like, how am I supposed to interpret this? Exactly. So how did it come off for you? Like, how did you know, okay, I rubbed them the wrong way? Was it an email? Was it a conversation? Was it you got sent to the chair's office? Like I ignored the radio silence and I ignored the gentle touches and then I got sent to the chair's office and then I got sent to the chair's office again. And then I was asked to choose whether or not to go to anger management training or resign my position. Wow. Okay. There's so much to unpack there. I, I mean, I, it's, I, there's, that's the 10,000. Yeah, 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 for but, sure. I mean, obviously we're not, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the view we want to take. Uh, but I will say that whenever there's a passionate black woman, that is labeled as aggression. Yes. Yes. Period, and, point blank. And that if you were a male, it would be, oh my gosh, they're so dedicated. They're so committed. Um, but a woman, it is, especially a black woman, oh, it is aggressive. So wow, that Jacksonville, Mississippi, it's anger management. Uh, um, well, anyhow. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things that like, I'm going to pivot a little and say this, that, okay, my father is a six foot two blue eyed, blonde haired white guy. And my mother is very dark and nobody would mistake her for being African-American. I grew up being able to pull from each of those however I wanted to, whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And yes, my mother, if she gets too passionate about something, yes, she is labeled how I was labeled. 
And when my dad gets passionate about something, unless he says something totally inappropriate, it is interpreted just the way you said. And I have struggled to accept that I don't get to choose how people see me. People see me more like my mother now than they do as my father. And it's, it's still frustrating. I have to accept, you know what? This is not my world. This is a world that I have to figure out how to operate within. That is not an easy lesson to learn. In many ways, I am still learning it. But once you accept the truth of the matter, like life does become easier. Once you understand your limits and your boundaries, you can be more creative in how you deal with those boundaries. Okay. And not to kind of chew my own horn, but a situation in University of Mississippi compared to where I am now in Tennessee, I just want to contrast the University of Mississippi. Somebody did something just very disrespectful in the OR one day. I, I was just proud of myself that I didn't go off on that person in the OR. I went and I found another colleague and I pulled the disrespectful person into a conversation in the PACU. I mean, it was late in the day where there was only one patient left in pre-op. I tried to have a moderated conversation in this quasi-empty area. The nurse in the area that broke me up again and because I was just, apparently I was so angry that the father was concerned for his, the environment that he was about to send his kid into. I would say 50, 60 feet away, but they heard me and it was very concerning to this father. Contrast that to when I was at LSU and I had mellowed out a lot. We were down in the trauma bay And you had a patient with gunshot wound who was crashing, had to go to the OR pretty quickly. And the ER resident wanted to give the patient fentanyl. I'm like, no, no, this guy is about to like try and die on us. He doesn't get anything until he is in the OR with an A-line in. Yeah. That was how concerned I was. And the ER resident tried to push back and was like, there's no reason this guy can't get 50 of fentanyl right now. And I was like, no fentanyl. And I started to walk away and the ER resident kind of went to say something else. And it was Dr. Alan Marr, a very wizened trauma surgeon. And he was like, do not talk back to the head of anesthesia ever again. Wow. And I was like, I've arrived. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like when you have people doing your job for you. Yes. Asserting your authority. Yeah. You know, and it's really difficult to kind of wait for those moments to happen. But if you can show the poise and the control, those moments will happen more often. And I will say that what you've expressed reminds me of uh, a story I was told about the 
cost of a bottle of water. So if you go to Costco and get a case, I mean, each bottle of water would cost like, you know, maybe 10 cents or something because you're buying it in bulk. That same bottle of water, you would go to a vending machine and it'd be maybe $2. Same bottle of water, you would go to the movie theater. It would be $5. You go to the airport, it would be $8. The same bottle of water. Notice that the value only changed because the location of that water was different. Nothing was intrinsically or there was nothing unique about the bottle other than it changed locations. And for you, you you mentioned the internal work that you have done, but also your skill and expertise. That didn't change from when you were in Mississippi to when you were in Louisiana. The only thing that changed was your location. So I think for many of us who are in a space where it is just not a good culture fit, they're not... Uh, celebrating your unique gifts, you're being forced to turn into something or someone you're not. Uh, think of that bottle of water and say, okay, I just need to go where I'm valued. That's Amen. it. Oh, that was so good. Some key points to take from Cassie's story. Please remember this quote. If you don't pay attention to the whispers, you'll have to contend with the screams. Cassie acknowledged that she didn't read the room. There was a radio silence or some of the gentle hints and reminders that her method of getting things done isn't aligning with the organizational culture. It escalated to going to the chair's office. Pay attention to the small things, the whispers the gentle reminders, because those are the big warning signs that something is awry and you have to shift. Mentorship is critically important here as well, because that person will be able to tell you the best ways in which to switch. Thankfully, Cassie ended up figuring this out and in her move to her next location was was a better fit all around. And she began to find her place uh, in the field. Now, In finding her place, she came across a realization that, yeah, being Black and brilliant, you're a threat. Uh, However, she managed to find the creative ways to work around this boundary, as she calls it. By maintaining her poise, others stepped up to assert her authority. When it comes to conflict, Cassie mentioned she did three things. So one, they She pulled the person aside, invited a neutral third party to join them, and had it in a private area. I think those are great steps to follow if you're in a situation where you have been incredibly disrespected and it needs to be addressed so that you can still have a healthy work environment. We know that toxic work environments is where patient mistakes are made. You can't focus. You're not able to be present in the moment because of that negative interaction. Positive psychology research says it takes three positive interactions to overcome the impact of a negative interaction. Keep that in mind that if you're not being positively fed in the place that you're in and you keep having these negative interactions, it's going to be very hard to overcome, which is leading to my next point and the point that we ended our episode with, which is go where you are valued. If that space does not look like it's a fit, it is not the only job in town. You can do a few things. You can choose to go somewhere else or you can choose to start your own thing. But 
don't let yourself be limited and and have this notion that you have to do this or you have to be there. No, you always have options. Open your mind to what those are. You've worked too hard and for too long to ever feel chained or imprisoned. So join us next week. We're going to wrap up our interview with Dr. Cassie Armstead-Williams. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.